Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is dedicated um, uh, for a Rufu'a Shema for Chana Bat Sima Fega and for Eliyahu Shimon Ben Mazal Fortuna, sponsored by Edward Sofer. Be'ezat uh, Hashem Nir'eh with a complete Rufu'a Shema Bekarov Mamash. As well, dedicated anonymously for the Bracha and Atzlacha of Michael Ben Miriam and his whole family. Also dedicated by Edward Sofer, Azaku Baruch, in loving memory of his parents, Ray and David Sofer, Alehem Hashonli Nishmatem, David Ben Moshe Ben Aima, and Simcha Bat Chana. Dedicated loving memory of Harry Tawel, Nishmat Aron Ben Miriam and Zaskara, sponsored by his son, uh, Elliot H. Tawel. Also dedicated loving memory of Nishmat Abraham and Yechaskel Vizolecha, sponsored by his son, Maurice Chosh. And as well, uh, Breakfast of Class dedicated. Um, yeah, any. Uh, in loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safferly Nishmat Leah Batchana, her philanthropy has reached and continues to reach so many throughout the entire world. Um, and finally, Week of Cobra sponsored by David E. Ash, in honor of you and your substantial capacity to good today and every day. Azaku Baruch Rabotai. Thank you for the people that picked up the falling signs. Okay, let's move on, Rabotai. I want to start by indicating something that I find fascinating about the perasha in Mishpatim. The Pasuk tells us, the Pasuk tells us that there's a, um, a, very, uh, a very important mitzvah whose ramifications are discussed in many, many different places in the Tanakh. The Pasuk says, Kol almana vager, an almana and a, excuse me, an almana and a yatom, Lo ta'anun. Don't torture, don't pester, don't bother. An almana, what's an almana? Is a widow, a woman whose husband passed away. What's a yatom? A yatom is a person whose father passed away. Yeah? Now, it's an interesting thing. You know, the way of the world is that everyone's father passes away. Does that make everyone whose father passed away a yatom? It's a good question, right? The answer is, it actually depends on the person and the stage of life that they're in. You could have a person, a girl might be 45, 50 years old, but she never got married, her father was uh, either supporting her financially or emotionally, trying to help her find the right person to, you know, to encourage her. That girl, when her father passes away, she, has, she does not marry, she doesn't have her own family, she feels a loss in a tremendous way. That person also has a... a uh, a, a, a categorization of being a yatom. So the, the, the concept of an almana and a yatom is discussed in the Navi. Every time we talk about the great punishments that happen to this world, to the, to the Jewish people, the khurban, the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, every time, what does it, want, what does it talk about? It says almana vager, the, the, almana ger yatom, the almana, the convert, the, 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 uh, the, the, the orphan, you, you tortured, you didn't pay attention to, right, etc., etc. Every time we refer to those people. And Rashi on the spot says something incredible. He says, Diber hakatuv behove. Anyone know what that means? The Torah spoke about behove, with the present case. Now, what does that mean? Every time you find those words in the, in the teachings of our Chachamim, Diber HaKatuv Behoveh, it means 
the Pasuk spoke about the relevant or the uh, commonly occurring case. Who gets taken advantage of? Who gets pushed to the side? Who's the person that people mess over? It's Almanah. It's a Yatom. It's a Ger. You know why? Because they have no support system. They tell a terrible story about uh, back in the day in Russia when the Tsar came out with a, uh, a concept called the Cantonists. They would come to a city and there would be a quota of children that they would have to give to the army. So the people that were in charge of the community weren't always righteous people, religious people even. They were powerful people. So they didn't want to give their kid. They don't want to give their friends' kids. How are they going to go... Uh, you know, how are they going to hang out at the Yankee game with the guy? They just gave his kid away to the Russian army for 25 years. So they went to the poor part of town. They would find some kid that had no father, some kid collecting on the street. They would take, grab that kid, change his name or whatever, and stick him on a bus and send him to, to the army. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, when he heard about this practice, he went, Majnun. He came down screaming at the people, you know, what difference is this kid? Is this kid any less of a human being than your own son? How do you decide to become the person that does, that does this? You're as bad as the czar himself. It, it was an unbelievable story. Again, I don't want to get into that story because I don't want to get sidetracked. But oftentimes, that's what happens. Which kid, if I promise you this, if there's 25 spaces in a school, you know who's not going to get left out? The kid of the richest guy. You know who's not going to get left out? The rabbi's kid, generally. Not always true. I've had many cases where that was not the case. All right? But the guy who has someone who can fight for him, the guy who has someone that, you know what? If tomorrow morning that happens to me, I come to breakfast in the class, I just would like to name and shame this. <laughs> I have a power in my voice. But how about a person who has no voice? and who has no sway, who has no money, and who has no kabod, and doesn't have a seat in the front of the shul, and doesn't have all the powerful friends, what happens to that guy? My friends, you, you got to understand this. That means that all the kilalot, all the curses in the Torah, all the tragedies that the Torah talks about, all the churban that we experience, and the pasuk says, you know why this happened? Because... You took advantage of people who were vulnerable. As a community, that's what you did. As an am, as a nation. You're a businessman. You're not going to rip off the guy who could take revenge against you. What do you do? You get a one-time mark. You sell the deal, you tell him it's better than it is. That's how you play the game. What happens in the end? Comes back, bites you. Because in that moment, my friends, I want to drive this point home. What do you mean? She's 50 years old? She's a, she's a yatom? She's an orphan? You have a 65-year-old orphan? You know, amazing. The, husband, the father lives till 110. The daughter's 80 years old. She's an orphan? She's a yatom? She's a yatoma? So what do we say? It depends on her life situation. If she's living at home, she's relying on her father, she has no one to back her, then what is she? She's an orphan. She doesn't have the, the support, the protection of her dad. My friends, what does that mean? It means that the Torah was never talking about what we consider to be 
Hazikases. Nebuch. The Torah was talking about the current and present case. You might have a guy who's the most savvy businessman ever. You might have a guy who's very wealthy. But in this deal, he doesn't know what he's talking about. How many rich guys, they think they know everything about the world. They think they know they're smarter than everybody. They made a couple lucky deals. They became the person in that industry. And they've been on autopilot. They had one mazal break. And since then, they're reaping the golden goose, you know, nonstop. The guy thinks he's a genius. Not a genius. You know, when you find out how, how little of a genius is, when the guy decides, like a very smart businessman, he's going to diversify his portfolio. But he thinks because he knows what he's doing in his, in his lane, he knows what he's doing in all lanes. How many guys, rich guys, guys who know the market, guys who know real estate, they lost tons of money in crypto. Because they thought they were so smart. You know why? Because they sold underwear. Hazaku Baruch. I'm not saying it's not hard to do one thing, it is hard to do the other thing. I'm saying you have an expertise in one thing. In this other thing, what are you? You're vulnerable. The guy saw a mark from a mile away when he came to sell you. My friends, that's the concept that we're learning over here. Why am I talking about this? I think all the time something like this happens. And I want to share with you a crazy little small example of how this works. And maybe a small lesson in Musar about how people need to improve. This happens to me all the time. You're in the Beit Knesset, you're talking to somebody. You have a guy, not used to waiting. He'll walk up in the middle of a conversation you're having with a guy. And he'll say, hey Rabbi, <laughs> how's it going? Now it's one thing, you want to say Shabbat Shalom, you don't want to wait for my conversation to finish. One thing, I think we could all agree that we're happy to let people go just by saying Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. But in the middle of the conversation, you're asking me to now stop the conversation with this guy and answer your question. And by the way, I can promise you this. If I don't answer him in the middle of the conversation, what does he walk away? I can't believe Rabbi ignored me. <laughs> if I tell you this happens, not just multiple times a week, sometimes multiple times a day, what happens? Mr. A looks at Mr. B talking to the rabbi. He don't even see him. Not enough zeros. He don't even see him. Doesn't, not good looking enough, not cool enough. There's a lot of different things and a lot of different groupings of people that make people rate people. But how do you do that? How do you interrupt someone right in the middle? How do you do that? The only way that comes from is when you have zero respect for that human being. The pasuk over here is telling you that when someone is vulnerable, doesn't have support, is not successful, they're an almanah, they're a widow, they're a ger, they're a convert, they're a yatom, they're an almanah, they're a levi, they're a whatever. They're just not you. Someone's in the middle of talking, mid-sentence. People cut them off. Now, some people have ADD, that's why they do it. Don't worry, they didn't even notice you were talking, I promise. But sometimes, we don't have ADHD. We're not, uh, you know, uh, we've not been uh, uh, assessed by a professional. We've just learned to not be disciplined in focus.
And I, you see sometimes, again, sometimes I feel like I need to make a stand. A guy's in the middle of talking. Someone else midstream cuts him right off. Rabbi, oh my God, you know what that reminded me of? You got to hear this. Hold on. You got to hear. What is that? And I feel like I need to tell this person. Hold on one second. Just let him, let him finish. Let him finish. When you cut someone off in the middle of a sentence, your wife, your children, you're disrespecting them. And you're using your power to say, to indicate, to mandate, listen to me now. A great thing, maybe a beautiful Kabbalah for people to take on, try it for a week, is to not speak until the other person is finished talking. I was sitting in a circle of people. People were sharing different stories about their parents. We were talking about Kibura Va'em. All of a sudden, some guy goes, I remember when my father, he's like, maybe two minutes into his, uh, a minute into his story, some other guy goes, Rabbi, you don't know. My father? Everyone, of course, strong guy, powerful guy, no, successful guy. Where do they go? And I see the guy there, he just, his sentence falters off. My heart, I can't tell you, my heart broke. My heart broke. The guy's father passed away, he's sharing a memory about his dad. It's terrible. It's unexcusable. So my friends, what starts in the Torah with a, a widow and an orphan, says Rashi, is every case of vulnerability. Pay attention. Are you taking advantage of someone because of your position, because of your power, because of your information? In this scenario, just like an 80-year-old uh, uh, orphan, in this scenario, this person is vulnerable. And by the way, they could be the most powerful guy in everything else. But right now, right here, don't take advantage of that. Our Chachamim say that when we say, all the different things that we say to God we're sorry for. One of the things is Hamasnu. What does Hamasnu mean? The verb of preparing Hamas is Lichmos. No. What is the Lichmos? Hamas asher biyedehem. The pasuk says. Hamas does not mean to steal. We already have Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu. We already said that. What's Hamasnu? Hamasnu means when you paid the guy, but you pressured him and pressured him and pressured him until he had no choice but to sell. You pushed him, you yelled at him, you screamed at him, you begged him. You sent his friends, you did this. You got the rabbi, whoever, to kind of tell him, really, you should do this, you know. And now, now what happened? You paid him, and even if you, as we saw in Harambam last week, Hilchot Gzelad Aveda, chapter 1, Halakha 9, even if you paid the guy, overpaid him. You could be over on the Isur of Lotachmod, of do not be jealous. You wanted the guy's house so bad, that you killed him, you bothered him, you pestered him again and again and again and again, until eventually he sold it to you. He sold it to you for more than it's worth. 
you still over on the Yisur of Lot Achmor. I would wager you still over on the Yisur of Hamas. Same thing. Even if you're overpaid, but you put too much pressure. So what does Hamas no mean? We're saying sorry to God for strong arming people. How many ways is there to strong arm someone? You know, you could strong arm someone with classic strong arm techniques, threatening them. By the way, threats come in many different ways. And people have to be very careful. Because a lot of times when we want to close a deal or make a sale, or we want to get our way, what do we do? We don't go for the whole hog. We start and slow and then mow and then, 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 right? That's how we do it. So I'll give you an example. Let's give you an example. Situation with a, a real estate or a, whatever. You want to buy, you want a deal. You come to the guy, you say, listen, you know, uh, I know that you promised him the job, the house or whatever, you, you moved forward it, but if there's any way you could figure out a way to sabotage, get it to me, I would like the deal. And you know, I promise you, I'm very well connected. I'll make sure that 10 other people come your way. That's strong arming too. But we like using different words like convincing, sweetening the pot. I'll make sure you never work again. I'll tell all my friends that you're not a guy to use. Look, I, we've been doing business for 10 years, but if, if you don't want to work with me, then you know, no problem. I, I mean, I'll make sure that people know that I'm no longer working with you. You ever see that, by the way? You have a restaurant. It, doesn't, it decides to switch a hechsher from one hechsher to the other. What does the first hechsher do? Front page news, ad newspaper. This restaurant has lost their hechsher. They didn't lose the hechsher. They're just working with another hechsher. You made it sound like they found pig in the soup. But sometimes, sometimes, in some instances, it becomes a little bit of a strong-arming technique. Don't you, you drop us. There's going to be a front-page ad in the newspaper that people can no longer eat in your place. The guy's scared. Sometimes you have restaurants that have two ashkachas. I always wonder. <laughs> Is that what happened? You understand me, Rabotai? I want to I go further. What happens when you strong arm someone with love? What happens when you withhold love and affection from a spouse until you get your way? You act upset, you harumph around the house. Enough until you get your way. It's also Hamasnu that's forcing a person. This concept of imposing your will, especially when someone is less vulnerable, that's what the Pasuk is talking about. We do it sometimes to our wives, to our husbands. We do it, and it's so close, by the way. Can I, can I show you how close it is? That if you're not careful, you don't even notice it happening? Let's say as an example, you give your wife a nice gift. You could imagine that your wife is gonna be more loving because she really appreciates the gift, right? So, treat me really nicely, there's more love. How close is that to don't treat me as nicely as I want, I won't love you as much? It's so close. And just one drop of that, more than a natural outcome of the gratitude is a technique, is a manipulation. All that we're learning from this Pasuk. Almana, 
Yetoma, Yatom, Lotanun. Now I want to tell, I want to share with you an expression in halakha. There's an expression in halakha called Yetomim Bechaye Haav. Anyone know what that means? What's a yatom bechaye ha'av? It's a concept in halakha. That there's an orphan, that's an orphan during the lifetime of his father. Excellent. You have a father, abandons the children. They're starving in the street. Imagine now they come, knock on the door of the almana and yatom tzedakah fund. And the tzedakah fund says, I'm so sorry, your father's alive. We can't help you. <laughs> Go die of starvation because your father, your deadbeat father, is still alive. If you kill him, come back to us. We'll help you out. Yetomim That means that a person can be an orphan while their father's alive. Why? Because their father, deadbeat dad, doesn't support them, doesn't give them money for food, sits all day drunk in the corner. Could you imagine that? That's considered yatom. My friends, the support that a father gives to his children is not only financial, it's emotional, it's physical, it's spiritual. Every one of us has a responsibility to each and every one of our children individually that we do not transgress this commandment with our own children. Almana, viatom, lotanun. Because even though you are in the picture, when you abandon your kid, when you're not giving them the love and support, you're angry, so you're not talking to them. Right now, this kid is a kid who does not have a supporting father. Could you imagine being over on mistreating a yatom on your own son, on your own daughter? I'm not talking to you anymore. You're no longer my son. You're no longer my daughter. Act this way, do this thing. Make this deal. Move over there. Spend this time. Go to yeshiva. Don't go to yeshiva. I'm not talking to you. You're angry at your wife. Stop talking. What'd you just do? You hurt an almana. Because the same way you could have a yitoma or a yatom av, you could have an almana bechayah ba'al. Hashem should bless us to always recognize that the power that we have was not a tool given to us to hurt others with. It was a tool given to us to help others. And instead of using that thing to stand over, to take advantage of, we must use the power, the influence, the money, the knowledge, the wisdom, the position to be able to pull other people up towards us and not to stand over them. Baruch Adnei Le'olam.